Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the best of Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. I watched all four of the wild card games, as many of you watched all four of the wild card games. You know I hate to brag, but I had an incredible gambling weekend. Uh, 4-0 if you waited until you got the uh, two-and-a-half-point game uh, line against the uh, the Dallas Cowboys-Seattle Seahawks. I'm the king on Lock It In. You can watch me later today on television as well, 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific. But there are a lot of big takeaways, and I want to start with the game that ended with the double doink. Cody Parkey misses the field goal at the end of the game between the Eagles and the Bears. Immediately after this miss, and it stinks to have any game come down to a kick, uh, especially when the kick is missed and especially when it's a kick that should be made, and even more so when it's a kick that was made prior to the, uh, the, the, the timeout call by Doug Peterson. Cody Parkey, after the game, said he wanted to go home and see his wife and dog because he knew they didn't care what happened in the game. That is a really sad quote. Props to him for standing up and answering questions after the game. But frankly, it shouldn't have come down to this if you are a Chicago Bear fan because Nick Foles was unstoppable once more in the postseason, even with two interceptions. Nick Foles on fourth down hit Golden Tate. A lot of people questioning whether or not Golden Tate was worth the trade. There aren't a lot of people questioning that now as the Eagles are advancing into the divisional round of the playoffs. And to me, the biggest takeaway from the Eagles win 
is, and I think this is crazy, I think there's a legitimate quarterback debate in Philadelphia. I mean, I think for the next five years, and we're going to debate this at some point during the show, I think if you were buying stock right now in Carson Wentz or Nick Foles, there's a legitimate argument to be made about which of these guys is better, particularly if you factor in Carson Wentz's health status. And if you're the Bears, I would say the one positive you can take away from that game is Mitch Trubisky made a lot of big throws down the stretch. Fourth quarter, he was pretty outstanding. Uh, They didn't win but he was better in this game than I anticipated he would be. All right, That was the game that came down to the double-doink. Even in Tecmo Super Bowl, by the way, you couldn't double-doink it. To put it off the upright, have it bounce down and then hit the crossbar and not be good, there's a great reaction of the, uh, of the Chicago Bear mascot just collapsing. He was sitting directly behind the field goal, and he just collapses there at the, uh, at the end. All right, That was one of the Sunday games, the late Sunday game. The earlier one, Lamar Jackson through three quarters posted the worst playoff performance for a quarterback I have ever seen. I would make this argument to you. I have expected for this to happen for a while because, and, and if you listen to this show, you know I always say the only thing that can't be stopped in the NFL is a quarterback who can consistently convert third and eight passing the football. Ultimately, the NFL is a third down passing contest. And if your quarterback can drop back when everybody knows he has to throw and can convert on third and eight, he is an elite-level quarterback if he can do that consistently. And I haven't seen that Lamar Jackson do that during any of this winning streak. And at some point, I knew this was going to catch up with him. And credit to the San Diego slash LA Chargers who made the decision to put in a brand-new game plan. They played everybody. they They took out linebackers and just played safeties all over the field. And they said, Lamar Jackson, we're going to put speed on this field and we are not going to allow you to beat us with your legs. And we're also not going to allow you, Baltimore Ravens, to get ahead in this game and to just work the clock with your running game. We're going to make you beat us sometime from the pocket. And Lamar Jackson couldn't do it. Now, he brought him back at the end. Credit to him for making a couple of good plays to make this game even a little bit competitive after they got up 23-3. to But my argument for you is that Lamar Jackson in 2018 is Tim Tebow in 2011. If you remember the Denver Bronco Tim Tebow team that beat the Steelers, Demarius Thomas touchdown in overtime, all people said was Tim Tebow finds a way to win. They talked about how he was able to run the football. They talked about how he made big plays down the stretch. They talked about how his stats didn't overall matter. Tim Tebow in that 2011 season, 72.9 passer rating. Lamar Jackson in this 2018 run, 84.5. So Lamar Jackson has been better as a passer, but I think he is fool's gold right now. I think he is Tim Tebow. I have not seen anything to convince me that Lamar Jackson is going to be able to consistently stand in the pocket and complete passes. In this game yesterday, Lamar Jackson, three fumbles, one interception, and a couple of additional throws that could have very easily been picked off I just don't believe in this guy. I think he is Tim Tebow 2.0. I think Tebow and Lamar Jackson were the same guy. Now, Denver Broncos is interesting. Denver Broncos brought in Peyton Manning. That was how they managed to avoid the controversy of getting rid of Tebow. They had to bring in a big guy like Peyton Manning. I think John Harbaugh made the decision not to go with Joe Flacco. And if you go back and watch my Twitter account, I said at halftime, we're out here for the national title game. 
I said that you have to go if you were John Harbaugh to Joe Flacco because the, uh, the Chargers have got a perfect defensive plan set up to stop in any way the Baltimore Raven offensive attack with Lamar Jackson. If you remember last year in the national title game, Nick Saban had the same situation. He had Jalen Hurts, a guy 26-2, and got him to the national championship game. Saban knew he couldn't win it with him. So he went to Tua, and everything changed. I think that if John Harbaugh was trying to win this playoff game, he would have gone with Joe Flacco. And I tweeted at halftime, this is not Monday morning quarterbacking now. I thought in real time he should have done it. He didn't do it. Why did he not do it? I think the Joe Flacco decision was about creating a mess for 2019 because if you're John Harbaugh and you just got an extension and you got the extension because of Lamar Jackson, if you go to uh, bring in Joe Flacco and he wins the game for you, then you got a controversy going forward. Is Flacco going to be your guy or is Lamar Jackson? If you leave Lamar Jackson in, you let Joe Flacco leave, it's Lamar Jackson's future. I just think this is an incredibly important offseason for Lamar Jackson. If he doesn't want to be Tim Tebow 2.0, there's now a lot of film out of him. And if you're a running quarterback, usually what happens, whether you're RG3, Tim Tebow, Vince Young, guys who came in and had incredibly successful first years, all the defensive coordinators go into the laboratory, they find out what they can't do, and then they make them do it over and over again in year two. I think it's going to be a really challenging year two for Lamar Jackson because I think the NFL defensive coordinators have finally figured out how to slow him down. Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott gets his first ever playoff win. Dallas Cowboys with their fourth ever playoff win since their last Super Bowl title that they won in the 1995 season. I think this is going to make Dak Prescott a $100 million man. Remember Jerry Jones said after the Tennessee Titans beat him on Monday Night Football and knocked the Dallas Cowboys down to 3-5, and five, oh, Dak's going to get an extension. He is our guy. And guess what? Maybe Jerry Jones wasn't crazy because Dak Prescott played pretty well. Well enough to win, certainly, although I thought Russell Wilson played better. And this, by the way, drove me insane. You have an unbelievable talent at the quarterback position in Russell Wilson. And you hand off on first and second down, it felt like every single drive, every single time you need to get 10 yards, you start off with first down handoff, second down handoff, and you put Russell Wilson into untenable positions over and over and over again. But Dak got the win, got a miracle cover if you had the Seattle Seahawks plus two and a half because uh, you get an injury to Sebastian Janikowski, and as a result, you can't kick extra points. You get two two two-point conversions. Pretty unbelievable outcome there. Finally, the last wild card game that I have not talked about, I thought Andrew Luck was by far the best quarterback on wild card weekend. There's a big gap after Andrew Luck. He made one bad pass, ball got batted up in the air, got picked off. The Colts absolutely dominated the Texans. Now, we're going to talk with John McClain next. Uh, he's the beat writer for the Houston Chronicle, and he'll give us a sense for how the season went overall. I think at 11-5, and five, coming off of a torn ACL, you have to be ecstatic with what Deshaun Watson gave you, but I also think in that playoff game, you saw that Deshaun Watson still has a lot of learning to do. One thing that drove me crazy was, down 21 points at home, you're doing the first down signal, after every first down, including a play you didn't even get the first down on. Now, I know Deshaun Watson hadn't lost a game by more than seven points since high school. But still, that's a Bush League move. I think Deshaun Watson just needs to ease into the quarterback position. Year two, very good. First eight games, year one, outstanding. 
Need to see a big step from him in year three and see what he's capable of. Uh, all of those were the my takeaways from Wild Card Weekend. I got Jason Martin with me. You may remember uh, at Jmart Outkick back in the day. My producer, my fearless uh, cohort here, he's sitting in with us every now and then. He's going to be with us here Monday and Tuesday of this week while we're out in San Jose getting ready for the uh, Alabama-Clemson game, which will be going on later tonight. We'll be reacting to that, have an awesome show for you Tuesday morning, but we're primarily reacting to NFL wildcard weekend this morning. Uh, so, Jason Martin, I just ran through all four wildcard games, my biggest takeaways. What did I leave out? What else do you think needs to be said? Well, I agree with a lot of what you said. So, I'm just going to point out some stats that I think might blow your mind. On Foles' winning drive, or what turned out to be the winning drive, thanks to Cody Parkey, six completions to five different receivers. The one thing that you can knock Carson Wentz for, if you want to make the argument for Nick Foles, is that Carson Wentz has a serious affinity for his tight end, Zach Ertz. Ertz was on fire, but he was not spreading the ball around. He, meaning Carson Wentz. Foles, if you want to talk about a team that seems to rally around Nick Foles, Foles is throwing the ball all over the place. Aguilar's involved. Jeffrey's involved. Ertz is still involved. Dallas Goddard, who's a really talented rookie tight end, he's involved. There are a lot of guys out there catching passes, but some stats about the Bears. Entering the playoffs, Chicago was 12-0 when they allowed less than 24 points. And they were 0-4 when they allowed anything more than 24. But then Nick Foles comes in and beats them and doesn't even put 20 on the board. The Bears won the turnover battle in this game 2 to nothing. Home teams all time in the history of the NFL playoffs that were plus two in turnovers were 58 and six. So Nick Foles caused the first blemish against this defense that still played extremely well, and the turnover battle was able to overcome that. So if you want to make the argument, I don't know what this is, but if Nick Foles wins a second Super Bowl, are we going to start saying maybe we should put him in the Hall of Fame? Like, even if he did nothing else, Eli Manning is basically known for winning two Super Bowls. And that's the argument for putting him in the Hall of Fame over other guys that I think are more talented. Nick Foles wins two Super Bowls. I don't know that that's too much of a joke anymore. Now what you said about Lamar Jackson. What I thought about Lamar Jackson going in was the absolute worst thing that could have happened to the Baltimore Ravens going into the playoffs was having to play a Chargers team that saw them two weeks ago. Because Lamar Jackson, to me is Hideo Nomo. He's the quirky pitcher who the first time you see him, you don't know what his tendencies. You don't understand his tendencies. And by extension, it's not just Jackson, but it's the offense that John Harbaugh started to use with the running game and trying to maximize what you could do with his legs. The second time you see that new pitcher that's known more for a gimmick than the baseline being able to stand there and throw in the pocket, you could start to hit that guy. You could start to get on base against that guy. So what did L.A. do? They put seven defensive backs on the field on 58 of 59 defensive snaps. Yeah, it's wild. The Chargers, 50 times during the entire regular season combined, did they do that. That's just 5%. And there was no one in the league that put seven DBs on the field for more than 18 snaps in a single game. And they went 30, you know, they went 40 some more in this game. And they shut Lamar Jackson down. Your point about Tebow's app, there is no history of what Lamar Jackson is doing working long term and being sustainable. There's just not. I hope, look, I think it'd be good for the league if this were to work, but Lamar Jackson's eventually going to have to throw the ball, and he's never thrown for 60% since high school. It's just not something that he does. So 
they do have big questions. Him and Flacco, that is a, a really big issue. As for the other games, Russell Wilson, quickly, best deep ball thrower in the NFL this decade. If I'm going down, I'm going with that guy. I'm going with the competitor, the winner that he is. agree with me that it was crazy that they ran the ball on first and second down as often as they did to put him into third and long? Yeah, I know they have a great running game, but you've got to mix it up. You've got to throw yeah. the ball on early downs because you can't expect anybody, maybe except Andrew Luck, to convert third and long all day. The Colts... Two rookie All-Pros, first time since the Bears in 65 with Dick Butkus and Gale Sayers who were able to pretty do good that. Combo there. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Best third down percentage in the NFL entering. They were very good, especially early when they took the big lead. Andrew Luck's only been sacked 18 times entering that game. The trenches weren't even close in this game, and when I looked at it, I picked the Colts, and I think the Colts have a really good shot to go all the way to the Super Bowl. But Houston's offensive line... To me, that was the difference in the game before it ever started. And then you see you don't have Will Fuller, and then you don't have Demarius Thomas. So Hopkins is going to do his thing. But that one deep ball that Deshaun Watson threw right where it needed to be, whoever that receiver was, I don't even know the guy's name. That's how relevant he is after making this play. Lost the ball. Like, totally lost it. It ended up falling behind him, and he fell backwards and looked like me 50 yards down the field trying to make that play. They just came in battered. I mean, Watson's been sacked 60 times. Pro Football Focus says he's responsible for 20 of them for holding the ball too long. I've seen a lot of that in the Music City this year from Marcus Mariota. That causes problems, and it does get you hit. Watson's line, it was just a recipe for disaster against maybe the hottest team in the NFL right now. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox, and you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when 
when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their bridgestone test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Jason Whitlock joins us now, huge Kansas City Chiefs fan. Jason Whitlock, as you look forward to the Kansas City Chiefs matchup against Andrew Luck, your first thought is what? I've got so much history in Kansas City and history as it relates to the Colts and the Kansas City Chiefs. My first thoughts are, oh, no, here we go again, (laughs) a Chiefs team that, you know, many people think can make it to the Super Bowl, has to play the Colts coming out of the gate. And that just hasn't been good for us. Going all the way back to Lynn Elliott and missing field goal, I think that was against the Colts in 1997 or something like that, uh, to, hell, never forcing a punt, I think, in a game in, in Indianapolis once in a playoff game. Just not been a good history with the Colts. Many people, I'm from Indianapolis originally, but I'm not a Colts fan because the Colts weren't there when I was a kid. I'm a Chiefs fan, and so I have this. You know, people think, "Oh, you're a Colts fan?" Like, no, man, I hate the Colts, and I love the Chiefs. And the Colts always embarrass me every time this happens, and so. Look, Andrew Luck's red hot right now, and the Colts have a better defense than Kansas City. I'm scared. So sources close to uh, this show tell me that you had the uh, Philadelphia Eagles on the money line yesterday. (laughs) When that ball was in the air and it is headed towards the goal, and I think think you had a money line parlay uh, on both the underdogs yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I Um, had the Chargers and the Eagles parlayed together both on the money line. 
that that was that was a huge kick for me. <laughs> All right, so your reaction as you see it. First of all, I don't ever remember. I've been I've been I mean I back in the day playing Tecmo Super Bowl, you know, you doink it off the upright all the time. Cody Parkey has hit the upright like five times this year, which seems like it should be worth more points than just a field goal. Like, imagine if you got four points if you could hit the upright. Uh, that would be, I think, even more entertaining as a football uh, as a football fan if you could sit there and watch that. Uh, but to me, I, I, I was like totally blown away by it and couldn't even conceptualize uh, when I saw that. Not that he uh, that he missed, but that he hit the upright and then it bounced down and hit the crossbar. I've never seen that happen before. Look, man, we can talk about the kick all we want, but Chicago blew its last time out. They mismanaged the clock with a bad kicker that they know needs to be as close as you can be. They mismanaged the clock uh, calling that timeout with 35 seconds left. They should have spiked the ball, pocketed that timeout, and just been – you know, run their last second offense better, and and then just at the end of the day, their offense and Trubisky made some big passes, but their offense just wasn't consistent enough. You only score 15 points at home. You let it come down to your kicker, who's had an awful season. That's that, that's on the offense. That's on you. We're talking to Jason Whitlock. Um, we're reacting to a lot of the wild card games as well. Um, Andrew Luck, you said you hate the Colts. Andrew Luck, I thought, was the best quarterback of Wild Card Weekend, and it might not have been that high of a standard because certainly Lamar no, Jackson it wasn't, wasn't very that high of a standard. <laughs> but he was pretty good, other than the ball that got tipped at the line of scrimmage that he got picked off. He didn't really throw any. I thought that were very bad. They took control of that game. They they kind of uh, held it throughout. Um, do you agree that it was the best uh, quarterback uh, performance of the Wild Card Weekend? Yeah, but you know that's like saying Whitlock's the skinniest kid at fat camp. <laughs> uh, and look, no, Andrew Luck played well, but the overwhelming thing was just like, hey man, defenses have shown up, and yeah. in this league where they keep trying to give every advantage to the offense, defenses figured out, and then the officiating changes in the postseason. That's the other dramatic difference that no one's talking about is that they just don't give away those ticky-tack first downs, those uh, holding calls they call on defensive backs every third down just to give the offense a first down. They're much more reluctant to call pass interference. It's a better officiated product in the postseason, and therefore you end up seeing better defense and quarterbacks that just aren't as effective. I mean, like Phillip Rivers won. I think he played very well. Uh, you know, Dak Prescott was probably the second best quarterback this weekend. Uh, you know, it, it was, and, and then Nick Foles third. It, it was a bad weekend for the athletic quarterbacks: Trubisky, Deshaun Watson, and Lamar Jackson. You got to play this game from the pocket, man. Uh, we're talking to Jason Whitlock. We talk a lot about officiating, and a lot of times in the NFL, the games are so close. The call at the end of – I think it's going to get overshadowed because of the way the game ended. But the call at the end of the first half where basically they just made up the rule on the spot. Because they didn't they had make completed- up the rule. The rule's in the rule book. Mike Pereira pointed it out over Twitter, and they finally got it right. If there's I think it was no the right recovery, call. Yeah. that's the right call. It's in the rule book. 
Well, all right. Well, I stand corrected then. <laughs> you're, you're on the ball. I'm glad I had you on the show then. Uh, expertise oh, yeah. being brought to bear. I call it the incomplete fumble game. Um, but it's not going to get talked about that much because uh, of the overall outcome of the, of the games. But let's put you in that coaching headset. You are John Harbaugh. It is 12-0 at the half. I'm in San Jose right now. Later today, I'm going to go watch Alabama play against Clemson. Last year at halftime, Nick Saban had a quarterback who was 26-2, and right? Jalen Hurts hadn't lost uh, hardly at all. He couldn't score. They couldn't do anything offensively against Georgia, who had him dialed up perfectly. They had the perfect defensive game plan for him. Nick Saban made a crazy call, a borderline insane call relative to how conservative Nick Saban is. And it paid off. He went with Tua. And they came in, and they won the national championship, and they've been running with Tua ever since. Shouldn't John Harbaugh have done the opposite there and gone back to Joe Flacco at halftime? Totally different situation. Totally. Nick Saban is sitting on five, six national championships. He's his own man. He made himself. He, he, he's... He can make no bad decisions. He's playing with so much house money, he's unquestioned. John Harbaugh, six weeks ago, was getting fired, or eight weeks ago was getting fired. And they go to this crazy running game, wishbone attack with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson finishes the year with more rushing yards than any quarterback. And so John Harbaugh gets to the end of that game and feels like, I owe it to Lamar. He's run me into a contract extension. This entire locker room uh, is behind Lamar Jackson. and You know, he's the black Tim Tebow, and he's got a cult-like following in that locker room. And if he pulls him from that game, you got guys in that locker room that will be upset. Uh, you know, you had Jimmy Smith, one of their defensive backs, yelling at fans during the game that were yelling for Flacco to come into the game. And so I just think politically, John Harbaugh, because of how he got his contract extension and because those players on that team all caught up in the social media, uh, Black Tim Tebow, Lamar Jackson movement, wouldn't allow it. I'm glad you brought up Lamar Jackson because I made that argument early in the show. I said Lamar Jackson in 2018 is Tim Tebow in 2011. The way that the Broncos got away from Tim Tebow was they went and signed Peyton Manning. And then everybody thought, oh, you know, Tim Tebow, he was fun. But everybody forgets that if John Elway hadn't been able to persuade Peyton Manning to come to Denver, I don't know how the Tim Tebow experiment would have ended. Tim Tebow obviously ultimately got exposed. He was a running quarterback that wasn't consistent enough from the pocket to be a starter in the NFL. Big off season for Lamar Jackson. Can Lamar Jackson prove that he is not Tim Tebow 2.0? I doubt it because of the cult-like following that is going. Because one, I think he's got a long way to go as a passer, and I just don't think he'll uh, be able to put in the work to develop as a passer because he's got this cult-like following and people in his ear that, that they should change the game plan and do things. You don't have to play from the pocket, Lamar. You can be an option quarterback. You're throwing – I heard some uh, – Nate Burleson, who I really respect and think is good, at the end of the CBS broadcast uh, yesterday was screaming about, you know, I think he proved he can throw the ball in the fourth quarter. I'm like, really? 
<laughs> did you watch the same fourth quarter I did? I mean, I, you know, it was nice, but, you know, I did watch the first three quarters, and some of that stuff in the fourth quarter was just junk. And so Lamar Jackson will exist in this social media bubble, and so many people in the media are caught up in that bubble that – He'll he'll go into this off season think hey everything's fine I, I'm Lamar Jackson I just set the world on fire I mean he is RG three two point and Tebow combined together everybody wants to anoint him I just read some uh, ESPN tweet uh, talk you know uh, Lamar Jackson of all the rookie quarterbacks he did X Y Z and he and and they're acting like he's had a better season than Baker Mayfield and he just hasn't I know he won more games and played in a playoff game and all that. But in terms of if you're projecting out who's going to be a better NFL quarterback, right now Baker Mayfield and Sam Donald are still ahead of Lamar Jackson. He's got a ton of work to do. All right, you're talking about Twitter woke warriors and everything else. This got intersected with sports. It's an awful story down in Houston. Uh, There was a 7-year-old girl who was shot and killed when she was in her car with her family. Um, and Twitter was in an uproar uh, because there was a, uh, a report from our good friend uh, Sean King that spread this all over Twitter that, uh, that it was a white guy who'd done it, that it was a racism-based attack, and they wanted to go catch the person. DeAndre Hopkins got drawn into this. Uh, to his credit, donated his paycheck supposedly to the, uh, to the family, I think, uh, of, this, uh, of this little girl, um, and it was treated as a huge racism incident, and now they've arrested the guy who was accused of doing it and he is a uh, he's a black guy. Um, and look, I mean, it's awful no matter who is uh, responsible for this crime, but it turned into a woke Twitter thing. What's your response when you see a story like this and you see athletes getting drawn into it as well? I, I've just seen too many athletes caught up in this fraud that Sean King is pulling off. Uh, people won't accept the fact that the guy's white. His DNA says it. His birth certificate says it. His family photos say it. Uh, and he's a clown. This is not the first wrong person he's accused of a major crime. And if someone white or someone who identified themselves as white was running around over Twitter falsely accusing black people of crimes or promoting uh, the fact that s- someone black committed a crime and trying to be the police over the Internet, we would shout that person down and embarrass them and run them out and, and you know, say it's an example of what everything that's wrong with America. Well, that's what Sean King is. And and so I, I want to be clear here, and I, I want to be fair. The, the, the sister of the girl that was killed was the first person to misidentify the suspect. Right. And this is why they always say be very leery of eyewitness accounts. can be very acu- uh, confusing. And literally, there was a car that drove off, allegedly, that they thought was the shooter, but was actually just a car of heard the shots fired and drove off. And I think that's who the sister identified mistakenly as the shooter. But this is one of the reasons why you let the police be the experts, because they are better at identifying shooting suspects, arresting them, charging them, than some clown with a identity crisis over Twitter. 
I get so frustrated with these athletes, and there's a lot of them, and, and there's just a lot of black media members that are caught up in Sean King, and hey, we got to follow Sean King over Twitter, and we got to take him seriously. This is a signal to everybody of how black I am. I follow Sean King, and it's actually a signal of how ill-informed and how naive and easily uh, buffaloed and fooled you are that you're caught up in Sean King, take him seriously, uh, treat him as if he's some legitimate civil rights or just leader, a legitimate leader at all. The guy's a clown who needs to be ignored. Well, like you're, you're making a lot of points here, and I think about this a lot in the social media era. Do you, do you get, and I don't know the answer to this, because I think about this a lot when it comes to stories. Do you give stories like these credence by talking about them at all? Should you completely ignore it? Or is it important to call out people when they're wrong like this, which gives them more publicity? I don't know the answer, honestly. It's something that I really grapple with because I try to ignore this dude most of the time, even when he intersects with the world of sports, which happens far too frequently because of what you said. A lot of athletes on woke Twitter end up uh, involved in him. I think certainly Colin Kaepernick is a, is a prime example. And the guy's just a fraud. Um, I mean, he's a liar. He's not honest. Um, I mean, and, and thoroughly untrustworthy. He's untrustful. got a history of fraud that's so documented yes. all throughout the South, everywhere he's been, there's been mismanagement of money, funds come up missing, all this information's out there, but we all live in this fake Twitter world where uh, particularly black people and black people in the media, where we're trying to do something to signify that we haven't sold out and we're still down for the cause. And so, therefore, let me follow and retweet Sean King. Let me be friends with Sean King and get caught up in his BS as a signal to everybody that I'm down for the cause. It's a mistake, man. It's Twitter. The whole, you know, I know you're high on it as a stock or whatever. I think Twitter is one of the great poisons in American society or in global society. It's misleading. It's the creator, supporter, and energizer of fake news. And, you know, this latest incident's a prime example. It's dangerous. And and it just drives me crazy how many people, everything that comes out of their mouth, people in the media, athletes, everything they do. LeBron James is being driven completely bonkers by trying to be, uh, trying to please his 40-some-odd or 40 million uh, Twitter or Instagram followers. Everything these guys are doing, everything they're saying, they're, how's it going to land on Twitter? Not whether is this what I actually believe is true. It's will this be popular over social media and Twitter? And that causes people to lie. Jason Whitlock, uh, people, uh, you're always popular every time you come on with us uh, at Whitlock Jason on Twitter. Your show is called Speak for Yourself. Where can people follow it if they want to see you uh, and Marcellus Wiley more often? How can they do so? Well, we're live every day at 3 p.m. Eastern on FS1. You can follow us on <laughs> Twitter yeah. at SFWives. <laughs> I just killed Twitter and then say follow yeah. the show on Twitter. But every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, Marcellus and I and a, a, a collection of athletes talk, having a good, authentic, honest conversation about sports. 
What do you think about the fact that I'm the new king on Lock It In again? My gambling oh, picks are on fire this you? weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't miss. <laughs> I went uh, I went four for four on the uh, wild card games. Oh, good for you. Good for and you. One, did, of, one of them I was technically not, a push. Uh, I did not. I, I was big on Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. I, I It was unfathomable to me that Sean, Deshaun Watson could play that poorly. I didn't think that was even humanly possible. Yeah, I think we, we talked to John McLean about this, who covers him for the Houston Chronicle. I think it's a question of how you look at it, because coming off of an ACL tear, if you had told Houston Texan fans, hey, you guys are going to win the division, you're going to host a home playoff game, would you take 11-5? and five? I think everybody would have signed up for it. But the way they looked in that game, uh, I think that's where you, look, you come back and you say, boy, we've got a lot of work to do to be able to advance into the playoffs. Guys threw too many balls into the dirt. Drove me crazy. <laughs> Amen. Hey, thanks for getting up early with us. Uh, we'll be checking you out on Speak for Yourself and uh, enjoy seeing me in a crown later today. Thank you. That's Jason Whitlock at Whitlock Jason on Twitter. Watch him on Speak for Yourself. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O, 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 O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock, and there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Goodyear tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their goodyear test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we are, of course, in San Jose, California, and the reason why we were out here is because Alabama playing against Clemson, absolutely massive national title game. And I'm a little bit surprised uh, in general, for everybody out there listening, that there's kind of been a lot of negativity, I feel like, associated with this game. Alabama and Clemson playing for a fourth straight year. Oh, the playoff wasn't very good. People complaining about Clemson whipping Notre Dame and about Alabama whipping Oklahoma. Guys, maybe I'm in an incredible minority here, But this is about as good of a game as we could possibly have ever hoped for. In a dream scenario, you get two undefeated, unquestioned, best two teams in all of college football playing to have perfection. We don't get this very often in college football. We got it when SC played Texas. Greatest college football game of my lifetime, I believe. I don't know that we'll get any kind of game like that. If we got half the game of that, I'd be excited. But we've never in the history of college football had two 14-0 teams playing with one of the teams guaranteed to go to 15-0. This is going to be, in modern FBS football, the winningest football team in the history of college football. No one has ever gone 15-0. Either Clemson or Alabama is going to do something that no one has ever done in the history of college football before. And they're going to do it with a ton of talent on the field. Two is going to be a first-round quarterback. Trevor Lawrence is going to be a first-round quarterback. There are gobs of talent on the offensive and defensive line in the secondary, the wide receivers, running backs. These are two of the most talented teams we have ever seen in the history of football. And I feel like, college football, I feel like a big part of this storyline happens to be where this game's taking place. I'm out in San Jose, California. It doesn't really feel like a college football marketplace. Levi Stadium. It's cold. It's dreary. It's a strange location for a game like this when you got two Southern teams playing. And I feel like part of the storyline has been, oh, nobody wants to buy tickets here. Guess what? I traveled all the way out here. It's hard to get out here from the South. Not easy to get to the Bay Area, particularly if you're a Clemson fan and you had to go out to Dallas to go play against Notre Dame. And then also, if you're an Alabama fan, you had to travel all the way down to Miami to go play against Oklahoma and now you have to travel all the way back across the country on short notice when let's be honest a lot of you listening to me this right now all over the country all 50 states you got kids in your car with you you're driving to school kids are back in school after the Christmas break after the winter holidays and so it's hard to get families out here 
Mom and dad got to work. Long break a lot of times during Christmas and New Year's, but that's over now. And I would just say this. I feel like sometimes we take for granted how many good games we have when football's all going on. You know, right now in the wake of the NFL wildcard weekend, I watched all four of those games. We got four divisional round playoff games left in the NFL. We got the AFC and the NFC championship games. And then we got the Super Bowl. So right now we have seven games left high level in the NFL. We have got one college football game left. That means I'm going to watch all eight of these games. I don't know about you guys. There's only eight big football games left. I'm not counting the Pro Bowl. And this is one of them. And moreover, this is about as good as any college football game can be. Now, what do I think is going to happen in this game? Well, I'll give you my gambling picks. This is called a tease, boys and girls. In the final segment of the show, I'd encourage you to go download the podcast. Make sure you don't miss that. I was on a roll. Hate to brag. I was on a roll with the NFL wildcard picks. I'll also be on Lock It In, giving you gambling picks for the national title game between Alabama and Clemson tonight, this afternoon, on FS1, 4.30 Eastern, 3.30 Central, 2.30 Mountain, 1.30 Pacific. But I think Alabama's going to win. I think Alabama's going to win because as I look at this game and I look at all the numbers and I look at everything else that's happened, I've watched every big Clemson game. I've watched every Alabama game all season. I watch a lot of college football. I think the one area that Clemson is weak in is one where Alabama's very strong. And it's relatively weak. Not weak like 120th best in the uh, all of FBS, but weak in that they're around 19th or 20th here, passing defense. If you look at what Clemson had happened to them when they went up against Kellen Mond from Texas A&M, over 400 yards, what happened to them when we went up against Jake Bentley at South Carolina, over 500 yards. I think that Tua, presuming that he is still healthy, and obviously they've had to do a lot of rehab for his knee, I mean, sorry, for his ankle and his knee earlier in the season. Presuming that he is healthy, I think that Alabama will be able to exploit Clemson in the passing game. And I think as a result, this will be a really exciting, high-scoring, up-and-down-the-field style game that I think ultimately Alabama just has too many weapons against Clemson for. So I think Alabama is going to win. I think Nick Saban will have his sixth title at Alabama in 10 years which is an extraordinary accomplishment, the likes of which we'll probably never see. I think that Dabo and uh, Clemson will be back again next year for a fifth straight year of Alabama and Clemson because I think both of these teams, with Trevor Lawrence and with Tua, both of whom are going to be first-round draft picks coming back again, I think they're both going to be the best teams in college football again next year. I think there's a gap that's opened in college football. Alabama and Clemson have opened up a gap. Maybe Ohio State's there not very far behind. Maybe you can also argue Oklahoma's there not very far behind. But Alabama and Clemson have put themselves on a different level than anyone else in college football right now. And I, for one, am ecstatic to see them play for a fourth straight year. I can't wait to see what is going to happen. Jason Martin, you have been with me. You've been fortunate enough alongside of me to get to see these Clemson-Alabama games, these classics, these title games. We were standing on on the field when Deshaun Watson won this game for Clemson. And, uh, I'm just excited to see what's going to happen. I think it's crazy that people aren't – to me, this game feels like it should feel bigger than it is. And I think that's because there's just a little bit of negativity associated with it, I think, because people were not happy with the semifinal playoff games and the fact that Alabama ran roughshod over Oklahoma and the fact that Clemson whipped Notre Dame. To me, that's just a sign that the right two teams are playing, and that means that potentially tonight could be a classic. I agree. I mean, you have to eventually separate the wheat from the chaff. And the chaff was Notre Dame, and to a lesser degree, it was Oklahoma. 
So you're getting the two behemoths, you're getting the two juggernauts, the two teams that you expected, that you anticipated to see in this matchup, and I think that you're going to see a lot of points scored. I think both these offenses are so high-powered. They've got studs that are going to be top 10 draft picks at quarterback, at wide receiver, at running back, in the trenches. It's ridiculous. Guys like Quinnen Williams. You've got everything that you want. And I do believe this is a function mainly of the location of the game as well. Last year, that ticket on the secondary market to get into Mercedes-Benz was around $1,700 to see Georgia and Alabama. Well, if you take Atlanta and you go 400 miles in any direction and put a circumference out there, you can make the argument that I can make that drive to try and go there. So it is a hotter ticket, and it's regionally located to both schools, to both Alabama and Clemson. We know, because we talked to these guys so many times out in Los Angeles, that California's really a pro sports state. I don't know how many times we've asked for opinions on college football on this show over the last two years, and we've gotten basically nothing from out there. They, they just don't pay attention. And if USC is not relevant, they're really not paying attention. And USC is not relevant outside of Cliff Kingsbury and whether or not he's leaving and headed to the NFL because of all that nonsense that went down this weekend. So they're worried about what? In Los Angeles and in the state of California, they're worried about LeBron James and the Lakers. They're worried about the Dodgers. They're worried about the Golden State Warriors. And college football, with two southeastern teams, is the equivalent of the NHL to them. So you have to create a FOMO moment, a fear of missing out moment, for people across the country outside of the Alabama diehards and the Clemson diehards. And the problem is, it's the same problem every sport has, Clay. Mainly, my TV is real good. I've got a great-looking flat screen. I've got a great recliner. I've got the food that I want. I can invite as many people over and not charge them $100 to park. I can watch this game in nine different ways with Fine Bomb or Film Room or all sorts of other nonsense. You've got to make me want to make that trip. And unless I'm a diehard one of these two fan bases, going 2,000 miles across the country to do that, that's a real tall ask. But they did sell out their allotment. The problem is the walk-up and the other people, the casual interest is not the same as it usually is. But it should be because it's going to be a damn good football game. Yeah, I can't wait to see what's going to happen in this one. Um, and, and I really do think, look, if Dabo wins this game, Saban is 67. So I don't know how many more years Nick Saban's going to coach or how many more years he's going to coach at an incredibly high level. But it's fair to say that Dabo is so young that he could have a dynastic run at Clemson, the likes of which we haven't seen in a long time. I mean, the way they're recruiting and uh, the the overall culture and atmosphere that he seems to have created at Clemson. But, man, it's tough to beat Nick Saban at his absolute apex. And I think you got to give credit to Nick Saban because he's evolved. So many coaches – I think Jim Harbaugh is a good example of this at Michigan. So many coaches want to keep doing what they've done before – and expect to get the same results. Nick Saban has gone into the laboratory over and over again and reinvented himself and his team. And I think that's the storyline so far for Alabama this year. Alabama used to be a team that had to win and could never give up more than 30 points or they would lose. Now I feel like, look, Alabama could win this game and give up 40. It wouldn't stun me. I mean, it would be a bit of a surprise, but it wouldn't stun me if Alabama won this game 52-41, to right? And I think that's a credit to Nick Saban and his ability to evolve as a coach and also for Alabama and their ability to win no matter what the overall category might be. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts. You know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. And by the way, I was just at O'Reilly not that long ago, within the last month, and guess what? Needed some help with the alternator, had some questions with the batteries, they helped me right away, and did it right there in the parking lot. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of BF Goodrich tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their BF Goodrich test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. We are joined now by Alex Marvez, as we always are, in hour three on the Monday edition of Outkick the Coverage. And Alex, we've been talking about it all show, 
but I feel like we can't talk about it enough. Uh, NFL Wild Card Weekend obviously was uh, was a heck of a hit, but the play, the talk, everything surrounding the way that the Bears game ended. Where does that rank for you in one of the most improbable endings ever? Not just Alex to hit the goalpost. Even in Tecmo Super Bowl, one of the greatest video games of all time, you only hit the goalpost once. You don't then bounce down and hit the crossbar. I couldn't tell for a minute whether it had gone through or not. That's one of the most excruciating playoff losses I can ever imagine. I can't imagine being a Bears fan this morning, waking up, still seeing that in my nightmares. And what if you're Cody Parkey as well? I mean, what an absolute disaster. Oh, yeah. And you know, and, and the Bears, by the way, in for a penny, in for a pound. You know, they signed him to a big money contract in the 2018 offseason. Four years, $15 million. Oh, and by the way, his base salary for next season of $2.8 million is guaranteed. So you're on the hook with Cody Parkey. And this is the type of thing, I hate to say it, I hope the young man doesn't experience this, but it ruins careers. You know, guys sometimes never make it all the way back from a situation like this. And, you know, how do you go in and face your teammates? You know, because it's not just, you know, the double doink is huge, but he'd been doinking all season, you know, and I'm not talking about Matt Bourne in his old WWE days back in the early 1990s. I mean, this guy has been a little bit shaky. And, and you know, look, we can, and of course, there's blame to go around, right? Matt Nagy, you know, hey, why didn't you call the timeout earlier inside the two-minute mark? Yeah, and let's, you know, make- let's, start, th- let's start there because I tweeted that out live watching it that to me, right after the first down play, because you know at some point that the Eagles are going to have to throw the ball, right? So it's not like they're going to run the ball for four straight times. Uh, The play there, I think, is probably to call a timeout immediately. Now, he still had a timeout saved, and that's a field goal that you should make. But do you think it's the right play to call a timeout there right after the, uh, the Eagles' first down and first and goal situation? Well, I mean, so if we play this out here and let's say that, you know, the Bears do stop the Eagles from scoring and they've used all their timeouts, then they're trying to run plays. The Eagles had all their timeouts. So yeah. you know, you're trying to run plays from inside your five-yard line and get the football out with a second-year quarterback. And I want to loop back to some point to that situation as well. So, you know, are you putting your team in really the best position for that? I mean, they had plenty of time. And then they did what they needed to do, right? They put the guy in position for a 43-yard field goal. I mean, Clay, what is the accuracy on that, 85%? I mean, no wind? I mean, you got to be able to make that kick ultimately. And, and the guy didn't. That was it. And look, Doug Peterson, I guess he deserves credit as well. He called the timeout. He iced Cody. Parky, as you saw, Cody followed through, still got the kickoff, and it was good on his first attempt, but obviously nullified by the timeout. So I think it really just, I get it. There's going to be a lot of ways we can look at I mean, Look, you want to take a step back even even more so. Why couldn't, you know, the Bears defense, this vaunted defense, why couldn't they do more against the Eagles passing game? Why couldn't they stop those tight ends from catching passes? You know, I mean, why couldn't they stop Golden Tate from getting into the end zone? You know, I mean, those types of things. Yeah, I get it. You know, fourth down play, they didn't make the big stop, but Ultimately, this falls on Cody Parkey. He needed to make a kick. No excuses. He didn't hit it, and now the Bears pay the consequence. Their season is done. Okay, let's talk more a little bit about this game. How much money is Nick Foles going to get, and why is he so magic in the postseason? I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't feel like if Carson Wentz had stayed with the Eagles, even though statistically he's better, um, that the Eagles are in this position at all. They obviously win on the road. They're going to go on the road again. Um, They have to win three straight road games as the number six seed to advance to the Super Bowl. But this team believes in Nick Foles, and I understand Carson Wentz may be the quarterback of the future, but there's a lot of guys sitting around in the NFL watching Nick Foles. He's going to make $100 million, isn't he? 
Well, that's a great question. You know, as each as each week goes on in, in the NFL, you, you know, you would figure that he is the guy. And the question, so it becomes, who's in the market for Nick Foles? What team out there is looking for a new quarterback that could potentially swing a trade with the Eagles? And I need to just explain this real quick here, Clay, on his contract because it gets a little bit goofy. So they have Nick Foles this option that they can exercise for twenty million dollars. What happens is, is there any the, way they is there any way they do that? Is there any way the Eagles because they still have Carson Wentz under his rookie contract, right? Is there any way they say, given Wentz's history and issues, we're willing, you know, if you look at what your first starting quarterback and your second string quarterback make, that wouldn't necessarily put them completely off the reservation in terms of cost. Is there any way in your mind the Eagles say, yeah, we'll pay you $20 million? I don't think you keep both. And the reason yeah. is it's a position where you're just not – you know, you don't play the two guys. You're not rotating them, you know, on, on a regular basis. So I just don't – I think, you know, so, so where I'm going with this is if they keep him and it's to trade him, you understand what I'm saying here with this yeah, yeah. $20 million option, then Nick Foles can buy his way out of the option. He has to return $2 million in cash to the Philadelphia Eagles, and then he gets his freedom. But – the Eagles can still place a franchise tag on him at that point. That would guarantee him even more money in 2019, but it does create the possibility of a sign-and-trade type of situation. Of course, if Nick doesn't like where he's traded to, he'll say, okay, I'll play under the franchise tag for one year, and I'll see you later. So, uh, you know, everything I keep hearing is out there, of Philadelphia... I guess for people out there listening right now, because I'm hearing all this, is there any quarterback controversy in your mind at all in Philadelphia, or is Carson Wentz their guy for years and years ahead, and whatever happens in this postseason, Nick is eventually going to be leaving the Eagles. Clay, I can't say that with confidence. I don't think anyone can. What if the guy keeps winning? You know, and you talk about it with Foles. Listen, you, you look at the first two games of the season, and, you know, we were so quick to write off Nick Foles because of his past, right? I mean, Jabroni yes. quarterback, you know, with the Kansas City Chiefs. He started one game there, got cut by the Rams. He was terrible. I mean, those, you know, after that great season under Chip Kelly, you know, his play tapered off in Philadelphia. But, you know, he won his first game against the Falcons, lost in Tampa Bay, and that was all we saw of Nick Foles after that. It was Carson Wentz's team. So when the guy came back and, you know, resumed the starting spot in Week 15, everyone just thought, oh yeah, he's going to be lousy. Well, he wasn't. I mean, you know, just like the Eagles got going on offense, Carson, you know, Nick Foles got going, you know, right now, and, and he's doing a great job. He he throws the football deep. He's got a great sense of the pass rush. His mechanics are outstanding. I mean, and, and he's a leader, and the guys respect him in the locker room. So I just I, I can't tell you, for, you know, for any with any certainty that no, it's for sure this is Carson Wentz's team. I mean, if you're the Eagles, if this guy takes you to a Super Bowl, how do you let him walk away? And listen. And Carson Wentz was going to have more trade value than Nick Foles because you're picking up a rookie contract at that point. So if you're talking about recouping some big-time draft picks, especially teams, if you don't want to invest in Nick Foles and you're not 100% convinced that he could flourish in your offense, by the way, and there's a big difference there because, remember, Carson Wentz has flourished in this offense, the Doug Peterson, Kansas City Chiefs derivative offense. If you do not believe that he can do that, man, wouldn't Carson Wentz look better on your team potentially as a QB? Let me ask you this question now. We're talking to Alex Marvez reacting to NFL Wild Card uh, Saturday and Sunday, and we haven't even gotten beyond the Eagles-Bears yet, but we will, I promise. If I had told you last year when Carson Wentz got injured, hey, next year, come January, there's going to be a major controversy in Philadelphia over whether the future franchise quarterback is a guy named Nick Foles who's coming in now for Carson Wentz or Carson Wentz, would you have demanded that I be committed to an insane asylum? <laughs> 
Well, I demand that anyway. But no, I mean, this <laughs> a lot more. of listeners do too. <laughs> right? Exactly. No, this adds even more fuel to it. I mean, it's the most unusual, unbelievable story what he has done. But you know, listen, this is where this playoff experience comes in. And like I said, I wanted to loop back to something with Mitch Trubisky and and Alex Marvez learned a valuable lesson this past weekend. I took all the home teams in this little pool that I do with some buddies, and I ended up going one for three. Right? And, and you know, I just I'd say, okay, look, when it when in doubt, take the home team. But look at all the teams that lost in the experience at the quarterback position. Mitch Trubisky, second year as an NFL starter. Lamar Jackson, rookie quarterback, starting. Deshaun Watson, second year NFL starting quarterback. I think there's a common thread here that when playoff football begins, if you don't have someone who's been there and done that under center, a lot of times you're going to end up losing those games. And I think this was a real good example of that. A guy like Nick Foles, who's handled the most pressure situation you can, going against the New England Patriots in a Super Bowl, this to him was fine going to Soldier Field, where sometimes the game can get a little bit too big for a quarterback. I will tell you this, it got a little bit too big for Lamar Jackson on Sunday. Yeah, we're going to get to that in a sec. I will say this, though. So first of all, for all the gamblers out there, this is an unbelievable <laughs> stat. Last two years, underdogs, 14-1 and against the spread because ultimately that Cowboy game ended up going off with the Cowboys as a two-and-a-half point favorite unbelievable backdoor there because Sebastian Janikowski hurt his hamstring, which we'll get to in a minute. But let's go to that Lamar Jackson question. Okay, so I'm watching this game. I tweet out during the game at halftime. To me, this was like a Tua and Jalen Hurts situation that you knew if you are a reasonable person, and John Harbaugh is clearly a reasonable person, highly successful head coach, that the Chargers had everything they were trying to do on offense with Lamar Jackson diagnosed. And much like Nick Saban went in at halftime, even though it was the national championship game, and even though Jalen Hurts at that point was 26-2 and as a starter or whatever he was, he said, in order to win this game, i got to go to Tua Tagovailoa. And we've seen what's happened since. You have a Super Bowl MVP in Joe Flacco sitting on your bench healthy, and you're only down, I guess it was 12 nothing at the half. How do you think, how seriously do you think John Harbaugh considered bringing in uh, uh, Flacco in the second half? Should he have done it? In retrospect, right, you know, he should have brought in the more experienced passer. There's no guarantee that Joe Flacco, after being in mothballs for two months, two and a half months, would have come off the bench and, you know, done his, you know, Nick Foles moment. I, you know what I mean? He, listen, I will say this. John Harbaugh wants to win a game, and he figured Lamar Jackson is the guy who got us here. We're, we're going to warm him up. We're going to get something going, and, and we're going to win this game and maybe try to make some adjustments. Was it the right decision? I can't tell you because I, I can't guarantee you what Joe Flacco would have done. Look, Clay, if he was playing at that MVP level, he would have never lost his starting job to begin with. If you remember, Joe Flacco wasn't all that good a quarterback down the stretch. And by the way, how many snaps do backup quarterbacks really take, you know, during the week in the NFL? I'm not, I don't know how many snaps Tua got early on in their bowl preparation. I think this was something that Nick Saban, if I'm not mistaken, kept in the back of his mind about making a change. I don't know how the practice snaps were split, but I would tell you, Joe Flacco probably took one out of every ten snaps, if that, because Lamar Jackson was fast-tracked to it. So he figured, go with the kid. And remember, too, you take out Lamar Jackson, and I get it, you're just trying to win a football game. I really think John Harbaugh thought if Joe Flacco gave him that chance, and remember, there's been nobody more loyal to Joe Flacco than John Harbaugh. He stuck with this guy through thick and thin for what, 12 seasons in the NFL? 11 seasons since he was drafted in 2007? That ship has sailed, man. Joe Flacco was gone. It was Lamar Jackson's chance to get it done. Couldn't do it. Got him there close at the end, but just couldn't get it done. 
All right, let's so let's talk about that game a little bit. Philip Rivers, the uh, Chargers get out. I think it was twenty-three to three. Seem to have complete control of the game. They're stopping Lamar Jackson. Can't do anything really at all. I mean, had negative passing yardage. I think as the fourth quarter began, I made the argument earlier in this show that Lamar Jackson in twenty eighteen reminds me a lot of Tim Tebow in 2011. And the argument I'm making there is that Tebow found ways to win games because he had a great defense because uh, he he was, uh, I don't think, undeniably a Heisman Trophy winning leader. But ultimately what he was doing was not replicatable over and over and over again. It seems to me, and then remember we had the Tebow game, he won the playoff game against the Steelers in overtime, hit Demarius Thomas on that crossing slant route he took to the house, and then he went up against the Patriots, and the Patriots and Bill Belichick just undressed him. I mean, it was, it was a disastrous performance, right? Yep. Lamar Jackson didn't even win a playoff game. Is that, in your mind, an unfair comparison to say Lamar Jackson 2018 is equal to Tim Tebow in 2011? No, it's not. It really isn't. I mean, look, because you put in a gimmick-style offense, and that's really what this was. What it did was, look, for it covered up for what Lamar Jackson isn't right now, and that's a bonafide pocket-passing quarterback. Clay, he, he does one read, maybe two. You know, on a play, there's there's no progressions with Lamar Jackson. He's just not at that point. He's a raw quarterback who was thrust into action, and the Ravens did the best they could. So they put in this crazy offensive system that featured a lot of runs, a lot of weird things that teams hadn't seen before. And to their credit, the Chargers completely adjusted. They took their linebackers off the field today. Clay, that was it. They were gone. They used seven defensive backs for most of the game. They brought Jaleel Adaya safety down, had him play linebacker. They wanted more speed on the field to be able to account for what the Ravens were doing, and they, they outclassed them on that side of the football. It was a great defensive game plan by Gus Bradley, and the question now becomes, what can what is Lamar Jackson's upside? Ultimately, can he make enough plays as a passer so that he's not just limited to being a running-type quarterback? Because teams are going to look at that film of the you know what the Chargers did to the Ravens, and they're going to find ways to defuse this offense in the offseason. So what's next for Lamar Jackson? Does he grow as a quarterback? Is he the type of guy that can handle a regular-style offense when it comes to the passing game? that can effectively lead a comeback, or is he going to be just have a limited shelf life and just be, you know, like you say, a Tim Tebow? I think that's a big question for the Baltimore Ravens in 2019. It's an excellent question, I think, and a big debate. Uh, we're talking about Lamar Jackson, uh, Tim Tebow, uh, of all people who I saw. By the way, I'm doing the show, you know this, uh, as we get ready for the national title game tonight out in California. I'm in uh, San Jose today, and uh, over the weekend I saw Tim Tebow here at the ESPN party. He's out here covering the national title game. Uh, so maybe that was why that was front of mind as I sit around <laughs> and watched uh, Lamar Jackson uh, yesterday on Sunday in the early game. All right, let's go to the Saturday games. Uh, four wild card games. We're talking with Alex Marvez. Um, Andrew Luck, I thought, was the best quarterback of wild card weekend. He had the one tip ball interception. Otherwise, this was a dominant performance, I thought, by the Colts. Did you agree with that? And do you think that the Kansas City Chiefs should be nervous? And also, on top of that, Deshaun Watson, what do we think going forward with the Texans uh, based on what we saw in this game? I guess Andrew's arm is okay, right? Yeah, I think he's pretty healed. Okay, okay, we're pretty good with that right now. Very, very good. You know what's crazy, too, is that, you know, 67.3% of Indianapolis's active roster for that game out of the 46 guys, 31 of them were playing in their first playoff game. That's amazing. I saw that stat. And, and yeah. the teams just turn over so fast in the huh. NFL outside of, like, quarterback and kicker. Nobody has any longevity. 
Right. I mean, and look, you know, what the thing with Andrew Luck, and it was a brilliant game plan by Frank Reich, right? You know, you move the guy around, you know, so, so he's not a sitting duck target. And then even when he was in the pocket, the offensive line generally gave him enough time to throw. Yeah, there were a couple tip passes and some pressures. But, you know, Luck is just, I mean, and, you know, look, he'll be, he's responsible for like one bad turnover a game. I think, we, you know, he's still at that point that he hasn't eliminated that. But almost every game that Andrew Luck plays, he's going to do something that's going to cost his team. And, and it did happen, you know, he did have that turnover yesterday that interception on the tip pass, but you know, quite honestly, they just had him, you know, they had the Texans on the ropes, and the other thing about it is, we can talk Andrew Luck all day, but what about Marlon Mack? Talking about a guy now who scored a touchdown in five straight games, we're talking yep. about someone who spearheaded a 200-yard rushing effort, so if you're not a one-dimensional team anymore, oh man, it opens things up for Andrew Luck like crazy, and yeah, I think the Kansas City Chiefs should be concerned, because they're not so good on the defensive side of the football. Yes, they had 52 sacks during the regular season. It was tied with Pittsburgh for the most in the NFL. But they're 31st in the NFL in yards allowed, 32nd in first downs allowed, 22nd in passing touchdowns allowed, 31st in rushing average allowed, and 27th in rushing yards. This is not a good team. It looks like a shootout type of situation to me. And I looked at the weather I had too, Clay. It's going to be fine in Kansas City. Temperatures actually projected to be in the 40s and clear. So not going to be a big weather situation there which for the Colts, an indoor team, is absolutely a great situation. I, I will say this. This is now going to be their third straight game on the road, and it's not like they've had a lot of time to recover. In fact, you think about a Sunday night game and then coming back to play on a Saturday, you wonder if fatigue starts to set in a little bit. They're playing great football. Look, to me, Deshaun Watson, his mechanics were terrible, and that's got to be the focus of the Texans in the offseason. When he needed to make a clutch throw, the ball was bouncing, the ball was out. Uh, he just looked bad, and I don't know if that's the, that's the effect of being sacked 60 times entering this game and playing part of the season with a collapsed lung and those types of things, and it just finally all caught up with him. They have to address that offensive line. Oh, and by the way, you need to get some new cornerbacks as well, because clearly the Colts wide receivers just so much faster in that secondary. And it wasn't just T.Y. Hilton. It was basically everybody was just faster than Kareem Jackson and Jonathan Joseph. Yeah, it was intriguing. All right, the other game, obviously, to Jerry Jones's credit, Cowboys lose Monday Night Football, Tennessee Titans, sitting at 3-5. and five. He goes on the radio and says, oh, yeah, Dak is definitely going to get extended. And everybody rolls their eyes and says, Jerry Jones has lost it. What in the world is he thinking? Now that Dak Prescott has won a playoff game, still a young guy, 25 years old, is Dak Prescott going to get that big $100 million contract? And what did you see from the Seahawks in terms of their game plan? You have a Ferrari, I believe, in Russell Wilson. The number of times that they handed the ball off on first and second down and put him into third and long passing situations drove me insane. I can't imagine being a Seahawks <laughs> fan and having watched that. The Seahawks, by the way, 2 of 13 on third down yeah. last night. Well, because they were all third and long right. after they couldn't exactly. run the ball on first and second down. Exactly. You know, now everyone wants to lynch Brian Schottenheimer, right? And you know, after he did such a good job getting that running game going. I mean, yeah, you're right. I mean, look, they, they gained 73 yards on 24 carries against the Dallas Cowboys. And after a while, you got to stop banging your head against the wall. And they finally did start to throw in the second half. But by that point, the Seahawks were playing from behind too little and too late. I mean, so that that's where that was at. And yeah, I mean, look, Russell Wilson was dropping dimes. It was a bad game plan by Brian Schottenheimer. And, you know, the Seahawks lose. And as for Dak Prescott, this is a little bit of a tricky one 
one play because, you know, he, the Cowboys have mechanisms themselves to be able to keep Dak Prescott in the fold at certain types of salaries. For example, Dak now ending his third NFL season, next year's the final year of his rookie contract. You know, if his acting price is, is prohibitive, well, then the Cowboys just say, okay, well, you'll play for $1.2 million or, you know, whatever yep. it is, it's a real nominal base salary. So I think it has to be realistic. Does he become the highest paid quarterback in NFL history? Probably not. But does he make $30 million a year? Probably so. I would think that might be the sweet spot to be able to get this done because it allows the Cowboys to go back in, scratch that final year off of his rookie contract, or you could even start the deal in 2020 and just add some significant signing bonus money to it. But get this deal done, get him wrapped up. The guy's worth it. It's, you know, and look, Zeke Elliott, now you now this is the one that's so interesting to me, more so than Dak. Do you keep Zeke? Do you realize, do you think, okay, Todd Gurley, the Rams re-signed him after three years. They believe he's going to be great for years to come. Do you think Zeke Elliott and his physical rushing style, he's going to remain healthy, he's going to remain productive, and you are going to pay him Todd Gurley-type money as a running back in a league that doesn't really value the position? This is a big offseason question for the Cowboys, especially with Demarcus Lawrence coming up for free agency and Amari Cooper not too far away from free agency himself. Last question for you, now that you look ahead to the divisional round games. Colts, Chiefs, Cowboys, Rams are on Saturday. Chargers, Patriots, Eagles, Saints. Is there any game or any – I know it's early because we just had the games happen yesterday uh, to get all these games set. But is there any one that jumps out to you and you think, boy, that's going to be a big upset, or I particularly like one team or another in these matchups? I like the Chargers. I, I just, I, I'm just kidding. Looking at this team, and I think they have the best chance of beating New England than any we've seen in a long time come in in the second round of the playoffs in Foxborough. And by the way, as we know, the Patriots haven't lost a first-round playoff game in Foxborough since the New York Jets upset them back in 2010. But this, this Chargers team, by the, the way, Sanchez. It's amazing. They've only yeah. lost. The Chargers lost one. That was Mark Sanchez, right? That was I when know, he came the in. And they game. were you are correct. Yeah, the Sanchez. Yeah. You're correct about that, and that was it. That was it for Mark Sanchez, right? That was his one moment yes. in time beside the butt fumble. But you know, when it comes to Chargers and Patriots, you know, this Chargers team, they're, they're, they're if they've won every game on the road except for when they played their crosstown rival, the Los Angeles Rams. So when they board a plane, good things happen. And this Patriots team, well, quite honestly, they're vulnerable. I mean, they're just not a great team. Look, I, I don't know if they're going to be able to get the running game going. I don't know if Tom Brady's going to be able to weather the storm against this type of defense. Chargers, to me, just look like a hot team. It looks so wide open right now. This is the most wide open season that I've had because Philadelphia is red hot, obviously, going to New Orleans. Would anyone be shocked if Dallas beat the Rams? Not really. And, and the same thing with the Colts and the Chiefs because the Chiefs have had that, that history of failing in the postseason. You know, playing at Arrowhead Stadium, they haven't won a home playoff game since 1993. We know about Andy Reid and his postseason record. No bueno. I mean, Clay, this is going to be so much fun to watch the second round of the second round of, of weekend of the playoffs. I mean, it, it is just again more wide open than I've ever seen it. Alex Marvez, you're always outstanding. Have a good Monday. We'll talk to you next week after the divisional round of the playoffs and see who's headed to the AFC and the NFC Championship games. Thanks, my man. Thank you, Clay. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Oh, oh. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch strata coaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that. But there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on!